What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we will be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Oh, yeah. And this, we, we have so much to update our listeners on because we're not in the van in this not episode. In the van. We're not even in New Jersey. We're, we're in <laughs> Orlando, Florida at the International Builder Show. And we also have our very first guest on the podcast. I'm guest number one. You are guest number, number one. one. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> guest and number it, one. We're in Orlando. It's not even Friday, right? Isn't this a Friday thing? Normally? This is yeah. usually, yeah. And it's, uh, we didn't even, it's also Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday. So everything is just, uh, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic episode. I'm very excited. We prepared a, a short list of like 300 ideal candidates and you were number one and we got our number one on the show. So we're, we're very excited. Okay. And, uh, we're gonna. You got to introduce him. Oh well, I thought I thought everybody kind of just <laughs> knew him. So we have Chris Breen here from Legacy Decks, uh, South Carolina, and he's built an amazing business. And he really brings to the table, no pun intended, that not to the van, to the table, to the table this time. A lot of things around leadership and building a company that can run without you, which is really way outside of my skill set. So we had to bring in bring in a professional to give everybody <laughs> out there some advice on, you know, how you can be a better leader, how you can empower your team, and how you can really build systems in your business so that, you know, it runs without you. But before yeah. we get to that. Oh yeah, we, we should talk about what we're drinking first. Yeah. And this was your week, and I technically took the reins on this situation. But. He did. Yeah, he did. It, yeah. Was, it was almost Water Wednesday. It, it was. was. <laughs> yeah. Crisis it, averted. We did eventually get drinks. Yeah, and we got uh, we got a selection of some beers here. Uh, we, are, we are not in our uh, normal location, so it would be difficult to make some custom cocktails. But uh, Catherine, with some very, uh, you know, good on-the-move MacGyver type of stuff, Oh yeah, Uber Eats delivered us some some beer in Florida. Anything goes down here; it's crazy. <laughs> who, who it's from Seven Eleven. Yeah, I didn't know you could get beers at Seven Eleven. Yeah, and then get them delivered to you. Did yeah. they check your ID or anything? They did check my. Well, he took a oh, picture really? of my ID. Well, that would be so annoying if like he delivers it and it's like, oh, you're not 21. I can't give this to you. I have to take it back. <laughs> like, what do you yeah. do? Or maybe he just gets to keep it. How did you even maybe. think to go the Uber Eats route? Like. I just, I knew I had to get a drink here and I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Make it happen. And I, I we can't Uber, can you Uber eat yeah. alcohol? Oh, I where don't know. Well, I have no idea. I've never tried it. <laughs> well, like, yeah, totally maybe you should new, go home and try. A whole new world of things is opening up for me. <laughs> I didn't, I, I had heard that there are places that you could do it. So luckily it worked out. Yeah. And uh, we're really excited because like I said, you're, you're going to be able to, to bring some some expertise, some insight, and some advice for people that I'm genuinely interested in as well, because you've you've sort of built a business almost opposite of what we've done. You have <laughs> I hope that's a good a good thing. You have self uh, professed that you don't have a place at your company anymore. You have you know systematized systemized your systemized. way out of your own business <laughs> right. by empowering your team by um you know just just creating this system that runs without you so 
Why don't you give a little bit of uh, a, a brief summary of how you got to where you're at and, and where you're at now and where you're looking to go? Sure. So, well, to speak specifically to that idea of not having a job anymore, like I, I found myself like four or five months ago in a place where like everything was running and I didn't have to be there to make it happen. Right. And so, um, that in itself is, is a weird thing. Like imagine if, you know, you Sean tomorrow came into work and like somebody else is doing your job. Like how would, how would that make you feel? I would feel insignificant. And I feel like sometimes I, I intentionally withhold information from people so that they need me. I still have, I still have a place in the company. Exactly. Right. Like there's, there's like this hero thing that, that comes about with like being the guy that, you know, solves the problem or saves the day or makes something Mm -hmm. happen. And so uh, it, it sounds really cool. And ultimately I think like that's a, a, you know, when you're looking at building a thing, an organization, becoming an entrepreneur, like uh, all of us really, I think in the back of our mind are like, how can I, make all the money and not have to do all of the work. Like, what (laughs) does that look like? And then I actually got there, like uh, not even intentionally, I guess, you know, just unintentionally, I got to that place and uh, it was really a weird place. Like I, I almost was like, like almost in, I don't want to say in a depressed state, but it was like, what do I do now? But because of like the nature of like an entrepreneur, um, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? So like, what's the Mm -hmm. next thing that I'm going to create? So you think you get there and it's like, oh, I've got the money. And not to say that I've got the money. Like I've figured out how to make money and Mm -hmm. I've got a team. You're an extremely successful deck builder. (laughs) I mean, we're we're not sitting with Jeff Bezos, but in the deck world, you have built an incredible business and you know. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's funny is uh, like to go back to your question about like where I came from and how that came about, like nobody knows who I am. Um, like my customers don't know who I am. Um, some of my subcontractors don't even know who I am. And, and that's a weird thing for me too, because to, to go back to like where I came from, I started my first, um, real company, we'll call it in like 2003. Um, and my wife's not here to contradict any of this stuff. So anything I say <laughs> is 100% true. Oh, yeah. She'll correct it later after she watches this. But, <laughs> but so, so 2003, I started it and, and just like everybody else, you know, you're wearing all the hats, you're, you're selling, you're designing, you're building, you're pulling permits, you're mm-hmm. ordering materials you're dealing with unhappy customers you're dealing with warranties like doing all the things and uh, that was my job you know from 2003 till 2009 I'm sorry 2003 to 2013 with my first company I I never could figure out like how to get out of wearing all of the hats and I just got to this place of like burnout and so um, I I wasn't able to do like you, you talk about me having certain skills that you don't the reality is like you have skills that I don't very early on like I'm 44 years old you're not 44 years old, <laughs> 33. Right. 33. And you figured some stuff out already, like adding Catherine to the team. Like that's an amazing thing. You've, you've, you've delegated and brought on someone to help support in areas where you recognized, well, when I was your age, I was still like literally doing all the things and, and couldn't figure out how to, how to make that work. So, so that was like the first, the first big adventure that I had for almost 10 years. Um, wearing all the hats, doing all the things. My wife was a big part of that. She did financials and, and all those those things. But um, it was uh, it was not a very fun place to be. I got burned out um, to the point where it was just, e- even though we were having a lot of success, um, had a really great reputation. Like we built a neat brand. Like a lot of people would, would look at our brand and like, are you, are you a franchise, you know? And, and to me, that's almost like a, a compliment that we obviously yeah. look like something that we're not, you know? We're not a franchise. Yep. We're just like this little thing working out of my basement in my house. <laughs> you know? so, I mean, we eventually had an office and all that, but, um, but fast forward, you know, to where I, I just, just built my current company for the last six years, never swung a hammer, um, 
did very little sales. Like I, I brought people onto the team really early on. And I think that goes back to kind of what we're going to talk about today a little bit is like leadership and some of the things that I did drastically different in version two from version one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think, um, so many people are in that situation where they're in the craziness of the business. They're wearing all the hats. They're doing everything. They want to get to a place where they're removed from the business and they've created something that can run on its own. That's self-sustaining. What's interesting about your journey is you were kind of in that spot. You built it up to a point where you sold the business Mm-hmm. You took a little bit of break and, you know, you were, you were doing a lot of different things and, and then you came back to it and, you know, it was almost like this thing had an end, this thing had a beginning. And with that time off in between, do you think that that was a huge catalyst to, you know, just let you shift your mindset as far as how you're going to do this new thing? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of went on a journey, uh, in the, like two year, two to three year period be- between, you know, selling the one and starting the other, where I just started to look at like, what are, what are other entrepreneurs in even not even in my space, but other entrepreneurs that are having success, like what are they doing that I'm not doing? And like, how can I model that with what I'm going to do next? And the reality is I did not want to get back into construction. Like I went kicking and screaming, like I would have never <laughs> sold my first business. I say this all the time. If I would have known I would have, was going to end up doing the same thing again. Yeah. Right. Cause like how hard is it to go back to ground zero and start over? And so, um, my, but my wife was super excited about, you know, getting back into it and, you know, developing that new brand and, and rebuilding what we had done. Um, but like the only way I was even willing to consider doing it is if we did it differently. So it was yeah. almost like a decision, like, Hey, we can't do it this way because I'm not going to do all those things. I want to enjoy my life. And so really it was ultimately started with just like the decision. And then we kind of figured out who do we have to learn from? What do we have to, what, what skills do I lack that I need to gain to be able to, to do it differently? Um, and so that was, that was kind of the starting point to like where my mindset was at. It was just a shift in that, like, we're going to do it differently or else we're not going to do it at all. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so getting into, to, leadership and and building a team because uh in that scenario where you're not going to be swinging a hammer at all you're gonna you're gonna start the company from day one and be removed from it um what is you know what's the most important part like when you're just getting started to empower somebody to you know kind of do things on their own do you you know, do you give them a long leash and, and let them have those failures that you might have foreseen ahead of time? But, you know, as soon as you get in and, and you know, move them away from that thing that they're going to fail at, you know, then you're kind of your hands on, you're micromanaging them. Or do you do you kind of let them go and, and you see other oh, they might stumble here, but I'm going to let them do that, see how they react. Like what is what is that process like? Sure. So yeah, I basically after I after I go through the whole recruiting and hiring and and they get onboarded, um, I just I leave them alone for like ninety days. Don't even talk to them and just see how much success they can have. And then no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. So so <laughs> I was no, like, that's cool. Yeah, I, I was like, wow, that. yeah. That's an I give them a really long leash and see if they no. <laughs> I'll uh, come work for you for ninety days. Sounds like a ninety day vacation. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> No, um, I think um, a lot of it, and when you, when you talk about leadership, like for me, the only way that I'm, the way that I lead, and this may not be right, but like 
I lead from a place of like, I've done all of the things, like the things that I'm asking you to do, the people that I'm hiring to do sales, the people I'm hiring to do project management, to do estimating those things. I have done all of them and I understand them at a really high level. And so for me, I, it starts with just communicating to them, like how to do it. The fact that I, I teach them personally that like, I've done all of these things, I've learned how to do it. And then I lead them down that path. So there's a time where they're, they shadow me. So I actually have them come out and work with me and, and do the thing that I'm asking them to do, whatever it may be. My sales guys that have been with me right now for the last five years, had zero construction knowledge, uh, didn't know a, you know, a deck from a, you know, a patio from a, a roof structure. Like they just didn't know anything, which was great because it was a clean slate and I could that's, just, yeah, that's, you know, teach them how, how very limited amount things. of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, most <laughs> right. people know the difference between a deck and a patio. You wouldn't want them. Swing, <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want them swinging a hammer at yeah. all anywhere near you. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so it starts with that and, and ultimately just a lot of communication, you know, clear communication. I think that one of the biggest downfalls to, uh, you know, hiring people a lot of times is just the fact that they don't know what's expected of them. Um, yeah. and so, you know, that's, that kind of is where it all starts, I guess. Yeah. I, I just think it's so fascinating that, um, you've kind of done both of those, those routes and, and there was, there's such, I think, do you think it was a, a big benefit to, to, to have that break and, and stop one, start the other? Because I think, a really hard part for a lot of people is like that transition from, okay, right now I am wearing all the hats. Like how do I slowly pull myself out of that versus right, we're just going to build a business day one and I don't swing a hammer. I'm, I'm building, I'm building teams. I'm not building projects, you know? Right. So what, like, do you have any advice for somebody that's in the thick of it now? And they're like, Oh my God, that sounds like me. Yeah. Burnout. Is that what I'm experiencing right now? Yeah. You know, so yeah, how do they make that transition? Well, um, I've been since since I don't have a job right now. Like I don't have any. <laughs> I just go to work every day and see how everybody's doing. I've been doing a lot of networking and talking to other guys in the industry and just trying to figure out like what 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 are they struggling with? What are the what are the things that they need support in? And like how can I how can I support with just my experience and things? So um, I think in talking to guys, the biggest thing that I've run into is like they were like me. They don't they don't feel like anyone else can do the things that they do. And in a lot of ways, they're probably right. Like, like someone else can't necessarily go out and, and create the same customer experience that you can, right? Or have the same conversation that Catherine can with someone. And there might be a, a sale that gets lost because it wasn't Sean out there selling. And, and, and that was my struggle with my first business. Um, and so for the guys that I'm talking to right now that are struggling with that same kind of thing, it's just being willing to relinquish a little bit of the control to allow someone to find their way and they may not sell every job that you'll sell and that's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so that's, that's, that's one piece I think is just, just recognizing I'm talking to guys right now that are selling as I have three salespeople right now and, um, the guys that I'm talking to are selling as much work as my three salesmen are. So, and not only that, some of these guys are, are doing material takeoffs and ordering material and running projects. And I'm just like, your life has to suck. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it just probably yeah. sucks. Like I did that and yeah. it sucked. Yeah. Right. So, and it's almost like hard to, to like see how stressful and difficult that is when you're in it, because like you, you don't have time to like sit back and be like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. You're just like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling a little something, but I got work to do. Yeah. And I think for me, 
I, I have a, a huge problem with relinquishing control over something <laughs> that either I enjoy or really the things that, that, that I enjoy that I like doing, um, our video editing or, you know, stuff like that, the design, I have a, a huge, it's, it's a real big problem for me to relinquish control in a lot of areas, but I find that as soon as I do, it's, it's like, how, how was I previously doing all this stuff? Right. You know, it's, it's amazing. Like I used to do all the inquiries, all of the proposals, all of, I mean, just everything literally. And Catherine's taken so much of that off of my plate and I'm like, I, I don't know when did I do that stuff? Like, how did I do that? And it's almost the hardest thing is just giving up that control initially. And, you know, it seems like you're so busy. I don't even have time to step back and show somebody really exactly. quickly how exactly. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't really give you much direction on, well, you're pretty adept at contracts and everything. So I didn't need to give you too much guidance, but most things that I've put on her plate and off of mine, it's like, you know, maybe the first two times it's like, Sean, um, what do you usually do for this? And I'm like this. And she's like, okay, perfect. And like, it, it. It, it's such an easy, yeah. it was so, it was almost a, a mental block of getting it off my plate and, and thinking that it's going to, it's going to be more stressful to try to teach somebody else how to do this than if I just do it myself. And right. I think that is like such a common issue with contractors and, and business owners that, but then once you do it, it's amazing the the feeling of freedom that you feel and you you almost can't even imagine life before that when you were doing all these things so right um well i mean i look at your journey and and because you've you know publicized your entire journey like there was a time where sean was doing way more than you're doing now just different things yeah Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say way more but you were you were literally out there building every day and you were filming and you were editing and you were you know trying to go home and and be a good husband to your wife and you know take care of yourself like you know you built the dojo out and all these things right (laughs) so so but now you're to a place and and it's totally fine that you still want to handle the edit like you get to pick what you want to do and do that thing really well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, um, and bringing on people like Catherine um, and the other people that you brought on to your team, like the reason that you're having such success right now is because you're attracting the people to who you are and, and the, the the value of your company. And so um, I think it's it's been really cool. Like I've, I've done something that's cool, but you've done something that's equally as cool <laughs> with what you're creating. And so there's there's no reason to uh, compare. It's just totally two, two totally different things. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, because we've, we've gone like just, just a very unique route, I think. And my thing has always been, um, I think I'm very honest about my weaknesses and I recognize the few strengths that I have. So I've always been of the mindset, like, just don't even worry about your weaknesses at all. Hopefully, you know, now we're at a point where I I've hired out some of those weaknesses but I just want to leverage my strengths because I think it's more powerful to focus on your strengths and make those even better than try. I mean, as, as hard as I try, I'm not going to be very organized. I've been trying for so long and it's, it doesn't get me that far. So I feel like, you know, taking that, that kind of stuff that needs a more organized mind, having somebody else handle that side of it, it frees me up to just, you know, do what I'm good at, which is, I don't know, kind of like acting like a, 
a big child all day. Like that's kind of the job position I've created for myself where I just get to play and have fun all day. Um, well, I think it's hard to, uh, it's hard to step back and be a witness to your own journey. Right. And yeah. so I think there's a lot of things that you, you are a leader in inside of your organization that, you know, that you probably don't even see, but like Catherine as a witness could probably tell you like, Oh, I see how you lead in this way. So I think there's yeah. a, yeah. I think the, yeah. I think the only, uh, a few ways that I think I might have some, uh, leadership ability are, I think I, I'm good at selling the vision of where this can go. You know, so I yep. think you need you need a buy-in from everybody. You need to see if they think that it's just all right. Well, this is probably as good as it's going to get, and we're just going to ride this out till we die. Um, I think you're going to have a hard time getting people to buy in. But if you can sell that vision, and then also just, I think I'm really good at being open and honest about everything that I'm bad at, and like when everybody in the team is like. Oh, what well, did you see a squirrel again and get distracted? I'm like, that's <laughs> almost exactly what happened. Yeah. But it was a bird this time. Right. You know? So I think being honest and not I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, they want to they want to feel like they are the best at every aspect and they have something to teach everybody and and they're the best at it. So um, well, you hit on a good point there as far as leadership goes, not to interrupt you, but like the, the vision that you have, like without vision, you're not going to attract the people to your team, like, like your new builder, um, Andrew, right? Anthony, well, not, Anthony, two years, he's two doing years, yeah. not new, but Anthony, sorry. But like, you're attracting people to the vision that you have. And like, if you didn't have that vision, so, so if we're talking about leadership principles, like vision is a big one because my team personally, like they would, if they were sitting right next to me here, they would tell you like, they would, if, if I decided tomorrow that we're going to go like sell rubber chickens, that's what we would be doing. Right. Because yeah. they're not bought into like, like we just happen to build decks. Like that's what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But the reality is we, we, there's no, there's no work-life balance at, with my team. Like the people that we work with are the people, like they wouldn't work for me if they wouldn't, if I wouldn't be like hanging out with them, having a beer after work. Right. Yeah. And so the lines of like work, work-life balance is kind of like an overused thing, I think, but like there's, it's, it's kind of blurry in my organization because it's just like, Work is kind of life, and it's part of who we are. Like, yeah, decks are life. Like, you know, yeah. deck, <laughs> de you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think that's interesting. That you know, first of all, to like, you're you're obviously really good at all these leadership qualities, but um, you know, having the having like a really good relationship with the people on your team. Um, you know, how much do you think that that plays into? know where the organization goes you know because some people they say hey I, I want to be the boss and you know in a corporate setting or something there's um you know it, it's more like I'm the boss and I don't want to hang out with my employees after work like I'm their boss I need to say the hard things to them and say this or that and you know there's lots of big corporations that that run that way that by all means are are successful I guess but um I think I lean more towards where you're at that, you know, I want to, I want to enjoy the people that I work with. I want to, um, I want to, I think that everybody that works with me feels like if, if anything were to happen, they could come to me and ask for anything. And I would, you know, look out for them like family. Um, so what, you know, you're obviously on the same side as me, but what do you think about, have you ever had any issues with that, you know, getting too close to, mm -hmm. 
uh, an employee or that causing issues? Um, nothing, nothing comes up right off the top of my head, um, as like, an, it's been an issue. I think there's, there's kind of like a fine balance and a respect that's still there. Right. Yeah. So, so even though we'll, you know, I'm down in the trenches with them and I do think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work out together or we'll go have beers or whatever. But like when it comes down to it, I, I think that, uh, I've, I've earned the respect. It's not just because I'm their boss and I, you know, pay, yeah. pay the bills or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, because I have been in the trenches with them and I, you know, I, I, I'm accessible to them and I communicate with them and we have hard conversations. Like it's not all like rainbows and unicorns all the time, right? Like yeah. sometimes people screw stuff up and you got to talk <laughs> about it. And, and so being willing to have those conversations and, and there's still like that separation of like, you know, uh, I don't want to say boss and employee. It's more like mentor and mentee, right? Because I'm really kind of like, I don't have employees. I have entrepreneurs, right? So like my, my staff identifies entrepreneurs as like entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, I like they really that. are. Like they, that. they, if there was a way Did you coin that, no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> if I say it enough times, you should have said yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally I'm my impressed. thing. So, yeah. but, um, and, and that's because they all have a voice. Like the, it's, it's not just, you know, I, I'm not, I don't rule with an iron fist or anything. And so, um, that, that plays a big part into, um, being able to have that, still have that respect, yeah. Um, so no, there's not a lot of, you know, if there is a dynamic where there's an issue with someone, they probably don't work with us very long. Like we have a very uh, strong filtering process. It's like, you know, you come in and you're basically your first 90 days are kind of just an extension of your interview. And I tell everybody that like, you're going to know, and I'm going to know if this is going to work and in 90 yeah. days, we'll talk about it again. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we have a really high retention rate. I mean, again, my sales guys, five plus years, I mean, we're a six year old company. I've got two salesmen been with me for five years. My project manager has been with me three years. Um, you know, so, and we're not a huge team. We've got like uh, 10 of us total, I think. Um, I've been there the whole time, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, worth, yeah. worth noting that yeah. it's 10 people on the, on the, uh, business yeah, side of it yeah and, and then we have our subcontractors yeah. yeah so our team the way we're structured is subcontractors yeah. yeah but they all work solely for us but but um one thing that i've always and this is to go back to some more leadership principles is like hire slow and fire quick yeah. like anytime i haven't followed that rule i've regretted it on both sides like i've hired someone too quick they definitely don't last i've fired someone too slow um i i recently didn't let someone go when i should have and uh uh, within, because it was easier to keep them. And that's a lot of times what people, yeah. it's like easier to keep them here yeah. as a body than yeah. to get rid of them and go through the pain of birthing a new employee. Right. And so, um, it ended up like with, we had a, a slippery day and he slipped on some snow and like, you know, then there's a workers comp claim and then it's like, Oh crap, I can't get rid of you. And yeah. I don't think he'll ever see this, but if he does, it's all right. <laughs> I should have Is gotten rid of him you? quicker. No, 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 oh, okay. no. He actually yeah. resigned to, funny enough through the process of the workers comp claim he resigned he's like hey it's it's apparent like i don't belong there so yeah <laughs> that filtering process so yeah it's kind of like a a forge you know like you turn up yeah. the heat and you, you that's how you get the hardest steel i guess is that like i don't know the, to, scott kelly knows about steel right yeah yeah <laughs> sounds him. uh i think that's where that metaphor comes from but yeah yeah so um, hi, hi, hire quick fire slow like that's a that's a solid thing no to no no by. So. No, no, no. Other, fire, other, higher, <laughs> higher, higher, slow, fire, quick. There you yes. go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You'll keep me straight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I think that's, um, so I, I don't have a lot of experience. Like I, I was kind of always, I guess, an entrepreneur in, in some capacity, whether it was either, you know, I just, I, I don't take direction well, I guess that's probably why. 
But, um, Catherine, like, what are some of the things that like you've you've been many different people and done a lot of different things and gotten like a lot of experience in a few different um, industries? But I think those things like leadership are are things that you know might be a little bit different in each industry. But what are some of those things that like you know you feel motivated or you feel feel like you know okay this is an idea that I can attach myself to and feel like I'm I'm getting somewhere or doing something important. Yeah, I think I I don't know if that comes with like the size of a company cuz I feel like with in our industry now it's a lot of not smaller companies, I don't want to say smaller, but um more small crews. I guess it's it's just physically less people, so you do have an opportunity to like really get to know people and really have people's opinions be heard and people feel listened to. And um, when you start working for bigger and bigger companies, you lose a part of that. So like when you said work-life balance, like I work now like way more than I did in my corporate job, but I'm a thousand times happier. Like when I was working in an environment that I didn't enjoy, it was like, I like, I need time off. I got to get away from this. But now I'm like, I'm excited. I love what I do. So I'm I don't even think that I'm working. Like I go home and I and keep working trick. and I don't even think about it. So you've, you've tricked your employees. Yeah. I know. yeah <laughs> working harder and loving their life more. Yeah. yeah. That's the secret. Yeah. You get people to just work 24 seven, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, you have a great I perspective. Yeah, I, I love like, hearing really that. Do. Yeah. I don't know if it's just more intimate, like, cause I, I don't want to say smaller intimate because it's not, these are big companies that people work for and you know, big like even grossing. Us, we, have, we're, we have big visions. And we have big visions, Small yeah. company, big impact. <laughs> World <laughs> domination. Yeah. But like physically bigger companies is what I mean. It's like yeah. you lose like sight people of people or? Um, <laughs> so, oh, it, that, that depends. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrew looks that like kind a big guy. Anthony looks the, like a big guy. Anthony is huge. He's, he's, like, he's really tall. And <laughs> I am looking to, in the near future, get smaller. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something I need to work on. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I think that, there's so much value in like, and I feel like in, in like a corporate sense, if you say like, Oh, we're all family, that's like kind of toxic, but in like a more smaller crew version, it's like, Oh, like, no, I do feel like I can go to Sean and I can, you know, talk to him if I need to, or Anthony, I, Anthony bless his heart. He, he'll sit and explain something to me for like an hour. If I (laughs) ask any question, he's so patient with me. Um, so I just think that like there, there is that family feel and, when you respect the people that you work with, you listen better. If it's in a leadership role, you're more likely to retain what you're hearing or take it in, like take it under your wing, whatever that saying is, mm-hmm. and like really listen to them rather than not feeling connected to something and then just being like, well, whatever, I'm sure. just here to get a paycheck. I just got to get this done or, right. you know, not having pride of ownership in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what do you think about, because some people have a larger, I think it's easy if, if we're small to have that, like, you know, camaraderie and we're all in this together and we're all, you know, working towards this, this goal. But, you know, some people do have slightly, you know, bigger than our, our company that, that we have together. Um, you know, what, what are some, some ways that you can kind of like instill that feeling of yeah we're all looking out for each other we're all in this together and not in a 
a big corporate sense where it's just a poster on a wall. Like, sure. We're here for you. We're family. Yeah. Yeah. Something that people really feel and really buy into. Sure. Well, I think that the larger an organization gets, the more leaders you're going to have that tend to rise up in it inside of it. Right. So even though we're, we're small, we still have like departments, if you will. So I have my sales department and I have my operations department. Finance is really just my wife and marketing is really just my wife. So, so, you know, but the, the departments that have a few people in them, there's leaders inside of that. And mm-hmm. so, um, how, how do you deal with it when you get to large organizations like that? It's, and still have that same feel is number one, having the same vision from the, the top, you know, from Sean or, you know, whoever is that visionary, if you will, for like, this is, this is who we are. This is why we do it. We have fun, but we get stuff done. Um, we're creating a legacy, you know, legacy decks yeah. out there living. <laughs> Trademarked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. And, and so, um, but, but when your leaders start to have teams and they're going to be small teams, whatever they may be, or larger, I don't, I don't know, but um, those leaders have the same kind of vision. And so it's, so it's just almost like a mini pocket of a company inside of your company. So it, it doesn't get that complicated to do as long as you do it right from the beginning, if that makes sense. So, so when I started on this journey of growing from like just whatever, two or three of us to, you know, to where if you count my builders and everything, we're probably 20 plus people. Um, we got really cl- crystal clear on like, what's the structure for our company? Like who's, who is the visionary? Like Sean, you're obviously the visionary, right? For your company even? No, That's no. awesome. <laughs> yeah. For my what's company this, as well. I, my paychecks haven't been coming through. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check with finance on that. So. Yeah. But, um, and so, uh, you know, we, we set up that structure. Like, who's, who is that visionary and what are their responsibilities? And who is, uh, Catherine, you, you call her your Swiss Army knife, but she would probably be like your integrator. She's the one that like just gets stuff done and takes all these big <laughs> ideas that you have and figures out like, how are we going to do these things? <laughs> yeah. And like, did you think about this and this? Like, that would be Catherine's role, right? And then yeah. you've got Anthony is like your head of, production or operations, however you want to look at it. Um, I don't, I guess you're head of sales as well. So you're wearing multiple hats because you you're the visionary, but you're also the head of design and sales, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you've got your finance person that we, you know, we, I think yeah. is, is your mother-in-law, right? yep. I think so. And so, um, so that's your structure. And so getting really clear about like, where do you want to sit? Where do you currently sit in the company? When, when I first sat down and did this as an exercise, when we decided to grow, it was like, my wife's name's Amy. So it was like, Amy was our vision, is our visionary. I'm the integrator. I'm the one that's like strategically, how do we figure this out? We both kind of share a little bit of that role, but then you look at sales and I was head of sales and you look at finance and she was head of finance. You look at operations. I was head of operations and then marketing. She was head of marketing. So like we were sitting in all of these seats. Right. And so there was no way for us to really scale by having to do all of these things. It would be, you know, we would be the bottleneck to everything. So, but getting really clear, the the step that I would say to like somebody who's looking to scale their company is like, what's the right structure first, you know, between visionary integrator, all, all the different things yeah. I mentioned. Um, maybe you've got a head of construction and then what are their like top five responsibilities? Like what are the roles that they have to fulfill? And then um, slowly it took us almost, I don't know, two years before we got to the place or t- maybe almost three years to where I didn't have a job anymore. Like I wasn't, I'm, I'm still in that organizational chart as like the integrator, but um, I don't have any other seats that I have to sit in right now. Right. <laughs> And so, and that was because we started off first with like, what is it, what should it look like in five years and how do we plug the right people and how do we raise up the right people? We didn't add really a whole lot more people to our team, but we identified people within our team that could take over this responsibility. Like we got them to work harder, 
and yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, you know, anyways. So d- does that make sense? But um, yeah, absolutely. So it said, it sounds like when you started your first company, you were doing everything, like you mm-hmm. said, and then you sold that company and then you started this new company. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a complete mindset shift. Yeah. What was that mindset shift? A, a great question. So the, the biggest thing for me was like I, I started to um, listen to some other people, like I said before, that had done bigger things than me. So I found some mentors. I started listening to a lot of um, audio you know, podcasts and things like that and, and just really coaching myself, mm-hmm. mentoring myself. Mm-hmm. elevating myself. So learning when I, when I said earlier, like you've first got to learn what you're going to lead someone through, then you've got to actually live it or do it. And then you can lead them. Right. So I spent a ton of time. The mindset shift for me was just learning, like mm-hmm. really improving myself personally as a business owner, as a, you know, as a husband, as a father, um, just all those things that, that was the biggest mindset shift that the change from my first company to my new company was I started working on me and stopped trying to focus on like just making money and, and, you know, working as hard as I could and trying to outwork and hustle my way to success. But in the end, like I, I wasn't a very sharp ax, I guess you could say, like I had to sharpen my ax before I could go. Yeah. Chop wood. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what the saying is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, does that answer your question? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was the biggest change. So, you know, I think so many guys and gals that are building businesses are so focused on like that there's this lack of opportunity. They've got to go get as much as they can and work as hard as they can, as fast as they can and make as much money as they can. Um, and the reality is, is there's like an abundance of it out there. Like there really is like um, and so you just have to slow down long enough to to fill in the skill set gaps that you have to get to the point where you can have that really abundant success. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you have any um, book or audiobook recommendations? Okay. So books. <laughs> you did um, mention it. You were like, I, did, I, I want- wanted to ask you this yeah. yesterday, but did I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So some of my favorites, um, I got to plug uh, Sean Van Dyke for, with Profit First for Contractors. Great um, that, hair. That great was, hair on that guy. He's got great hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he was integral in just like becoming profitable. Like it used to be, I used to feel like um, you know, you, you make as much money as you can, you spend what you have to, to do your job, pay your people and all that. And if there's any left over, that's your profit, right? Well, he, he teaches in his book, like that, that's not really how it works. Like you'll never have any profit cause you'll just spend it all, you know, it yeah. just, it'll just go somewhere. So I won't go into tangent on that, but that's a, that was a big one for me. Um, and then, uh, I really love, uh, Jocko Willink's books. Um, so he's got the dichotomy of leadership and um, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. So extreme yeah. ownership is the one that I started with, um, and just the way that have you read? Mm-mm. Okay, so the way that he um, tells his stories is he'll he'll give a war story because he was in um, <laughs> Afghanistan and uh, during the Iraq War, and he'll give a war story that the he then extracts a leadership principle from. And he teaches on the leadership principle, and then he's actually implemented these principles in businesses. So he he'll give like it's like a you know. A, he's a triple threat, I guess. So he'll give the war story, then the business uh, application and the leadership principle behind it. So it's just really easy to listen to, really good, um, just good content. So that's another one. Um, and then uh, a book by Gino Wickman, which is called Traction. And that book there is, as far as like the structure of our business and the way we operate, and that's probably the single most important thing that we've done in our business in like the last three or four years, but traction explains like all the principles that we've implemented to create an actual business, you know, like a company. So I didn't make all this stuff up that I'm, you know, trying to communicate to you. It's like all things that I've 
read or listened to, but Traction is like a must read for anybody. Uh, Brian Caskey, who owns uh, Cascade, yeah, uh, he uh, he's a big uh, guy on Traction too. So we we got together on that and geeked out on it for a while. So. Catherine, make a note of that. Yeah, we're going to have to order that. sounds like something we could use. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like something we could definitely um, use. uh, I would would regret if I didn't mention two more. So um, Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. Okay. Uh, yes, no, guys, nobody. insane. Have you done? I've, have you listened to? I I follow him. I <laughs> oh my gosh, this stuff. I haven't read that. Though. So you have. So you can read the book, but if you if you listen to the audible version, he actually has someone else read it, and then they do like a, a monologue between. So you actually get like added stories and content. Really oh. good. So I would I would listen to it, not read it. Okay. And then, um, have you heard of Jesse Itzler? Yeah. Okay. So um, he wrote a book called uh, Living with a Seal, which basically he met David Goggins at um one of his um ultra marathons that he was doing, I think in death Valley or something. He's like, I have to get this guy to come like live with me and train (laughs) me. So he got him to come live with him for 30 days. It's called living with a seal. Yeah. And, uh, it's all the stories about Goggins living with Jesse Itzler and how he'd get him up at like, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And it was, you know, 15 degrees outside in the snow in Chicago and they're, we're going running and they'd run like, you know, 48 miles or something. And, ice baths he's like you have if, if i come live with you you have to do anything i say <laughs> anytime i tell you to do it you have to do it he about got divorced from his wife sarah blakely from it so but um yeah he's the owner of the atlantic hawks right and he's married to sarah blakely yep who just yeah, like had a multi-gajillion dollar exit from yeah partial exit that's got it like part of it yeah i mean spanks did you, you saw that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah huge yeah he's like super successful and she's he's like he owns a professional basketball team and he's still like, you know, yeah. just makes pennies compared to what, what she's done with her business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Pretty, pretty yeah. funny. So, and that, and that goes back to like the mindset shift. Like I st- like pre, you know, reading and listening and all that stuff. Those are the things that I started doing that changed how I did what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, it's just like shifting my mindset. So I think, yeah, mindset is such a, a big thing and it's, so a couple things like it sounds like you are you can't be a necessarily a leader because I think being a leader is involves a personal relationship with somebody. So like you can't necessarily at the top be that, you know, leader to the person that's all the way at the bottom. You're going to be a leader to this person and empower them to become a leader to the people below them. And I think that's, you know, kind of how you can scale that. Sure. It's yep. kind of like a leadership pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Um, yeah. The leadership pyramid scheme. Yeah. But I think that's like, that's, that's kind of something I just like picked up from listening to you say about like how to become a leader. Like you kind of have to have like that, that personal relationship and a CEO of a company, you know, in a sense they can be, you know, an overall leader and get people to buy into that really high, you know, high picture, um, big picture vision for the overall organization. But on a day to day, you need a, like a day to day leader that you look up to for whatever tasks you need to do. So um, that's 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 something that I just kind of like picked up when you were talking about that. That's pretty interesting of, you know, you want to you want to create other leaders within your organization that are it's going to kind of trickle down and hopefully everybody's inspired from the ground up and you're the one that's you know has that really big overall vision and you're you're leading that team right under you and you know it 
it's that leadership pyramid scheme, but, <laughs> but it's a good pyramid scheme. A good pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's leadership, multi-level leadership. It's multi-level leadership. Multi -le M yeah. and MLL. MLL. leadership. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to trademark that really quick when we're done with this. Um, yeah. The other thing that um, kind of sparked a, a thought in my mind was people sometimes are so busy in what they're doing that they they feel like they don't have time to do the thing that's going to set them up, you know, whether it's a, a year from now or even a month from now. And a big thing that I'm super guilty of on that in my business is the more time that I spend planning something, the more in-depth I can get and as detailed of a, of a drawing or a, a schematic of every little detail that I can do, no matter how many hours I spend on that. If I spend, you know, 80 hours doing different diagrams of little details on our project that always 100% of the time saves a lot of time on the job site. But in this is business, deep. you're going deep. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this to all circle back. Go I don't know if it's going to, it but will, it will. In, in business, I think people are so bogged down in the busyness of now that they can't even look, you know, a week ahead ahead. Like, okay, if I just step back and, you know, really spend the time doing this one thing. For for me, it's planning things out. Like, I can always spend more time on planning, and it's always going to give us a huge return in in productivity. But I feel like oh, we're behind on this job, so I need to get out there and and help. Which usually I'm just distracting people anyway. <laughs> but squirrel. if I just see <laughs> squirrel, bird, whatever. <laughs> um, but if I spend that time planning it's always time well spent. And, um, I think that's, that's what stops people from going from all the hats to no hats. It's, it's that first step. That's, that's the hardest. Yeah. Being willing to stop. So that was yeah. a very visionary way of, of and the analogy that you gave of like comparing design, design to building a business, but you're absolutely right. So, so it does, and it doesn't matter whether you're a 20 person organization or a five person organization, like the, the time that you could spend. And, and again, this all goes back to traction because literally traction is kind of like the roadmap to what are the, what are the things you need to do uh, this quarter and this year, and then how do we how do we dial that down to like what are we going to do tomorrow and 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 each week? So um, it's super important to do those things. And and you're right, we think we can't we don't have the time to stop and spend a day with our five people on the team and plan out the next quarter. But like if you did that, your quarter would be so much more productive. You would know what you're focused right. on. You would know what you're focused on, and you're accountable to each other. Like that's another big part of how I've created the culture that we have in our team is because. They, everybody has a clear target every quarter. Like this is what you're responsible to. You're, you're responsible for your normal, normal targets, like sales goals and production goals. But like, in addition to that, like if we're going to grow this company, this is the one thing that has to happen in our sales department this quarter. And yeah. we, we figure that out in a one day meeting. It's like one day, like just take one <laughs> yeah. day and plan yeah. out the next quarter. Right. And so, and then every week we just have a touch point where it's like, okay, are, are you on track or off track with that thing that you said you were going to do this quarter? And if you're off track, how can we help get you on track? So I think accountability is another like, you know, leadership principle that you have to, you have to have that. But the only way you can have accountability is if people know what you're wanting them to be accountable to, <laughs> yeah. right? If it's really just like, hey, we're all focused on this big, 
you know, vision of like, we're going to dominate the world and be the largest whatever. And, yeah. but, but like, what's the micro thing that has to be done this week and this quarter? Mm-hmm. And, and how do I play it? How does Catherine play a role in that? You know, how does yeah. Nick, you know, that's, that's super important when it comes to leadership. And, and again, traction, I don't get paid for this, but <laughs> and who is that? Gina Wickman. Gina Wickman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like taking that big goal. That's that that big thing that you're all kind of striving for that's sort of vague and sort yeah. of, you know, whatever, but breaking that big goal down into smaller trackable goals. Yep. Um, I think this guy must have listened to our goal setting episode on our podcast <laughs> a yeah. month ago. Yep. Did this book recently come out within the last like couple weeks? He must Gina, be a Gina big fan. Yeah, yeah. He must yeah. be a big fan. Yeah. Um, no. But I think, no, that is, that's such an important part of, you know, I, I just want to set that big that big vision, like, you know, and if we just go towards that big vision, we'll get, we'll get pretty far, you know? Yeah. I don't know where we'll get, we'll get pretty far. If we just keep pushing that big (laughs) vision further and further, we're going to go somewhere, but you need to have real trackable goals. And that big goal needs to be defined by something that is, you know, I don't know. There was a whole acronym for it. The smart goal thing. It needs to be trackable, measurable, attainable, realistic real and relevant and timely yeah there, there you go, we go. <laughs> this guy knows <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> obviously we haven't implemented those exactly but yeah. i think i think finding a balance between that big picture vision like shooting for the moon and we're going to be like the you know global domination i mean we are a six-person organization. We do have a director of global expansion. That's right. You <laughs> See, know, you got it. Well, you know what, though? And I want to make sure, like, the listeners understand what I'm trying to say here. It, it literally doesn't matter if you're, like, a two-person organization. Like, the principles still apply. Yeah. Like, you may not have a need to have a, you know, a 90-minute uh, meeting every week where you talk through everything. But maybe it's just a quick 10-minute, you know, huddle every week. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a two-person operation. But the principles still apply. And, and literally, when, when I sat down and first did it, we might as well have been a two person operation because between my wife and I, we were wearing all the hats, doing all the things. Yeah. And so, um, so I don't want people to miss out on that piece because it doesn't matter what size you are. Yeah. Like, where do you want to get to and, and what, what's relevant for you now and, and continue to like implement those, those, um, disciplines and they become, you know, disciplines, habits. habits. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And I think so. the, like, the most important thing of, probably the most impactful thing of just setting aside like one day a quarter to do that thing is not setting the goal so that you have something trackable, but sitting down and saying, you know, actually now that I sit here and I have all day to to talk about a goal for the next quarter, what is it? (laughs) You know? And I think people don't really, you know, they have this vague, it's it's not something they could write down in a sentence of what they want to do with their business, but when you force yourself as the leader to like sit there and say, okay, like I know I have this, you know, fuzzy idea in my head of doing great things, but what's the actual thing that we're going to do right now? I think that's really just a great exercise for the leader themselves to then disperse that to their team and say, this is where we're going. Here's an actionable step that we can do now to get to that, you know, vision that's, who knows how far down the road or how far away. Yep. So I think it's as much a, an exercise for the leader themselves as it is for the the people that they're trying to lead. Yep. 
absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how long have we been going? 50 minutes. 50 minutes? 50 minutes, yeah. Um, too shabby. What, what, else, what else do we need to cover? Yeah. I think I think we've done a lot. I feel like we went deep on this episode. Yeah. We really did. And uh, do we need to make it a little more lighthearted? Let me tell some jokes. Or? Do you have any? <laughs> do, like, yeah, really do you have good one on deck? No. <laughs> <laughs> deck size matters. That's my joke on deck. Uh, <laughs> um, that's like when we were at Deck Expo, the, that the company from Alaska had the shirt that said Big Deck, Big Deck Energy. Big Deck Energy. Yeah, forward, forward construction. Yeah, yeah they just put cool. out a pretty cool video recently that yeah. I watched. So, yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, um, I think I think this is something that, you know, Obviously, you're not going to learn how to become a great leader just from listening to this podcast, but it's definitely a great start. I think they absolutely will. Yeah. Like, and I think this will be your most listened to I mean, podcast. I mean, you know, yeah. well, it definitely it's will. It's like a That's resource. Without a doubt. Save yeah. It yeah. I don't I want. I think Chris laid it out pretty, he did. pretty nicely for everyone. <laughs> what I was trying to do was like, you know, I want them to keep coming back for more. <laughs> right. This is like well, more obviously, obviously yeah. this is all they need yeah. to become the perfect leader. We'll come. We'll come but, back together after you guys read traction. We'll do a whole yeah. podcast on traction. Oh, I'll, God. I'll, I'll oh. ship you. I'll Amazon you. I, I I typically will send traction to several people. So, so I'm gonna have to sit here and look you right in the eyes and say. <laughs> We've read it. We so listen. Any of it. We're, uh, <laughs> so I don't we're know about you. Are you are you are you, are you much of a reader? Big reader. Are you? Well, um, we talked about it on our last podcast actually that I I love books. I love being around books. I love buying books, and sometimes I love reading books. But, I'm with you. Yeah, I love. I like to read a lot. Yes. Um. But I also just like being around. I feel like. Buying the book, reading it, and like, and then just like having those books around is something I really enjoy. So I I was a, a really good student in in school, but it came kind of pretty easy for me. Like I don't know that I read any books in high school or junior yeah. high for that matter. Like I just like it was so so easy, and it was probably just the school sucked. But um, <laughs> and so I I I don't think I really became an avid reader until uh, I did seventy five hard the first time, which was yeah. like three years ago, four years ago, maybe. Yeah. And so, um, but ever since then I've like became addicted. So, and I, I do a lot of audio books, but like, I, I, I do enjoy like just sitting down in the morning. That's part of my morning routine is I sit down, I read, I read, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Depends on what I'm reading, but I'm reading, uh, uh, Iron Cowboys book right now. James Lawrence. Are you familiar? Not a clue. So he, uh, he did. Sounds pretty awesome. 50, though, Iron Cowboy. 50 Ironman like, oh, triathlons yeah. in 50 days. Did I tell you about this already? I, 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 okay. I know. I read, he's got a documentary. Yeah. He's got yeah, a documentary. Yeah. There you go. He did um, one I'm, of them like on a, on a treadmill and in like a pool or something. Well, he had to do a lot. Of, yeah. They ran into weather issues and yeah, all that yeah. stuff and whatever. I mean, but, so, I mean, break. 50, he, his body was like brutalized. So, yeah. but then he came yeah. back and did 101 in 101 days, but he did those like in his hometown. But the, the 50 he did was in 50 states. Yeah. So, oh. like, literally they had the caravan van state to state to state, and whatever the weather was, yeah, they had to do some stuff yeah. in the pool and whatever. But anyways, we got off topic there. Reading. Yeah. So that's reading. what you're yeah. reading. Yeah. 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 I um, wish I would have started when I was 24, not when I was yeah. know, 40. <laughs> I, I, you know, how far I think, I'd be. <laughs> yeah. But it also, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, I think, I mean, with reading, obviously, you can pick that up anytime. It's, you should well, be reading. Books, yeah. You should be reading. Mm-hmm. But... I think people look at stuff like in their business or like, you know, making a huge transition to, you know, go a different route. They look at it like, you know, I mean, even I'm 33, but, you know, I have a tendency to think as everyone does, like, I can't, I can't start over in no matter what capacity that is. People think it's too late, but I mean, 
you you started your business six years ago, and it's like whether you're, I guess you were 38? 38, yeah. Yeah, so you're 38. In six years, what you've achieved, now you're 44, still very yeah, young. Still got a few good years. Yeah, so like <laughs> you could be you could be 55, and, and still there's still an opportunity to change what you're doing, not just ride it out, and the amount of things that you can accomplish in something like six years is is pretty amazing. So uh, I I just think that people get so stuck into, you know, I didn't start this when I, in my 20s or whatever. I guess I just got to ride this out. It's too late to start over. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> but Gary Vee would say it's never too late. So Yeah. All right, so two things. Yes. And and you can end it or I'm going to but so number one is like what's a what's a big takeaway for you guys? Like what what's something <sighs> you can share with the listeners from our conversation? I have so much to work on. <laughs> oh my God, I've been doing everything so wrong. That's so wrong. Yeah. You're so wrong. I think um, for me, it is, it's just things that, you know, that I think, you know, because it's, it's something in my business. It's something that deep down I already, I already knew. Like I know that all that time planning is, is always, always going to pay off. But, you know, that's something that I don't, bring up all the time in my own brain it's like but now we're having this conversation and it comes up again like I should be doing definitely way more planning and pull myself out of the busyness of the day to day or just of that day and realize that you know maybe we don't get as much done today but within a week we're doing things a lot better because we're not like what are we doing today did we order those materials I don't think so so <laughs> That is is probably one of the biggest things for me, but also just you know, I think I think being a leader, it it's a lot of self-reflection and and really evaluating like what's important to you and and like the the values that you want everyone within the organization to feel and and like be true to that, not just say something that sounds good that we, we value honesty and you know, friendship yeah. and like, but really think like of what that is and, and reflect on it. I think that's um, something everyone can do better. And I mean, those were just two things that I pulled out, but short answer, everything, <laughs> everything <laughs> I need to work on. We'll start with that book traction, but everything. Yeah, we'll start there. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Catherine? Anything specific that stands out? Um... I think there's just so much value in these conversations because no matter, like, even if I implemented every single thing that you do, I would never be Chris Breen. So it's like, there's so much value Not in with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's value in like having these conversations with a wide variety of people and just networking and, and we're in similar businesses, but we can take value in each other's advice so it's just there's so much value in just talking to a wide net of people and sure. I can take a little bit of what you've said, a little bit of what other people said, implement it and then it becomes right. our business. So so yeah, I think there's I mean there's a lot. There's a lot to learn. The power of conversation. I think that is where the magic happens because it's you know, the answers that worked for you aren't going to work for us necessarily, but talking to you it's getting yeah. us to ask the questions to ourselves and just start putting ourselves in a mindset of, you know, just really reflecting on it. And that's like where it starts just 
really analyzing like what's going on, where are we, where do we want to go? I just think that a lot of people don't think about that that much. They're just sort of on busy autopilot. And um, I think just having these conversations, just it puts me in a mindset to be more mindful of what we're doing on a day to day and whether that's getting us closer to a goal or, or it's not, or if it's leading us down a path that we don't want to, we don't want to go down there. This isn't doing anything good for any of us. So that's where I think the power of these, you know, this comes from it's, it's conversation. Yeah. And it, there's just so much value in talking to lots of different people because but mostly our, Chris, our business, I mean, if I had to pick well, one yes. type of person to talk to, it would definitely be Chris But I'm Green. saying like our, like <laughs> our <laughs> businesses are not completely parallel. So it's not like I can be like, okay, I'm right, going right, to, I'm going right. to do every single thing sure. that he did. Yeah. yeah. And our businesses are structured differently, but it's like, there's so, there's still so much value there sure. in talking to you and seeing how you do things and like what little things we can pull out and be like, oh, yeah, he I, tried this. We should try that. Yeah. I also think that, like you said, it's. Hopefully this like opens up some eyes of some people and realize, wow, I do need to become a better leader. I do need to reevaluate things. And like you said, the way that you became a better leader, it wasn't listening to a one hour podcast. It was doing all these things to improve yourself. So hopefully people listen to this and, you know, hopefully I take some stuff from this and then I say, you know what, I need to, I need to work on myself and, and improve all of these things, read these books and, and really focus on self-improvement before I go and, and tell an organization of people, whether it's five other people like our organization or a larger group of people, you need to work on yourself first. And, you know, that's what you said. That was the big transition. Yeah. Change your mindset and you worked on yourself and... Because that's the only thing you can control. Like, I can't yeah. control what Catherine does or Sean does. Like, I can control what I do. The neat thing that I'll... I'll maybe close with this for you guys is like the, the thing, the, the thing that I didn't realize that would happen with all the like personal work that I did was the almost, uh, like vacuum effect that I think that it had on the people around me. So like, as I was doing and changing and creating and all, all the things, right. Working on me, like it was, it was almost selfish. Like I was doing it for myself, but like, it, it changed some of the things like the way that my wife started doing things like because I was doing these different things and, and my team. And so it, like, it's almost like, Oh, well I want, I want to, you know, feel better and be happier and, you know, yeah. and, and, and stronger and whatever, you know, whatever it is. But so there's like this, this, this intangible thing that happens when you work on yourself that you don't even realize, like you yeah. could grow your business literally just by like being a better Sean right? yeah. for you, not for your business, but like your business would, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Can you imagine a, a 10x oh Sean? God, what? <laughs> so, but um, I, I would be have 10 would, of me. That would be wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I would be <laughs> failing as a leader if I didn't. Like, one thing that I would encourage the listeners to do, whatever it is, like, just I hope that there was some value inside of this, but like, write down or put it in your phone or something. Like, what's one takeaway or send a comment to Sean or Catherine? Like, not one takeaway, but one actionable thing that you're going to do uh, after listening to all this for the last hour? Like, is it one of the books you're going to read? Is it a meeting yeah. you're going to have with your team? Is it, you know, you just wasted know. an hour listening to this. Now yeah. get to work. What's do just something one actionable thing. Yeah. Like what's one thing that you're committed to, you know, write it down and, and send Sean a message after you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and leave so, us a review on the podcast. And maybe um, it's, maybe the one thing you're committed <laughs> to do is like sharing this with someone on your team. Maybe someone on your team yeah. needs to hear this, you yeah. know? So and I think, yeah. you know, what you just said, like, 
lead by example. So mm-hmm. like you work on yourself and you know, it, it, it'll have a profound effect just by people seeing like, wow, he's, you know, he's working out. He's, he's reading every day. He's doing all these things. And you're the best way to lead is to lead by example. And, you know, you want everybody on your team to improve themselves and become a better version. So you kind of show them and it's like, man, he seems like he's more happy and energetic. He's, he's doing great. I guess, I don't know, maybe it's not a bad idea to start working out and reading and, you know, all these things that we know are good for us, but we decide to not do. Give ourselves permission to not do it. Yeah. (laughs) And imagine having a team of, and a culture of like true, like growth and desire to to grow. Like that's, that's, that's when your business grows, you know, is is when, when the people on the team grow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we have. I'm like, excited. This is. I know. <laughs> it really is. Like, uh, it's I want to go do something. I yeah. know. I feel really pumped up, motivated. And I already know there's so much that I need to work on with as far as this topic goes. So I'm excited to, first off, read that book and um, excited to hear what people think about this conversation. And, um, you know, like I said, leave us a five star review. But. I guess that's it for this week. So, yeah. Till next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour. See you next week.